It's actually part of what we talk about with clients today. Bravery is huge, right? You have to be brave to come on our platform and release control, especially for CPG clients, you know, very traditional clients. Uh, releasing control into the hands of an unknown, that's scary. But the payoff and the reward is like sky's the limit. Hi, everyone. Pierre-Louis from Tracker here. You're listening to The Fast Track, the show where marketing change agents discuss transforming their marketing practice for the future. In this season of The Fast Track, we're focusing on social commerce or the meeting of e-commerce and the creator economy and talking to the actors on the bleeding edge of this new practice. TikTok continues to be a social platform that is still a mystery to most marketers. I frequently hear questions that follow the lines of, how should my brand approach using TikTok? Well, who better than the team at TikTok itself to answer this question? Today, I'm talking to Amy Okers and Dustin Gut. Amy is Director of CPG Global Business Solutions at TikTok. She's well-versed in how brands are using the platform to its fullest potential. Dustin is the head of creator monetization, responsible for connecting brands with creators at TikTok. There's so much to cover in this conversation that we'll be breaking it up into a part one and a part two. This episode, part one, will cover how TikTok differs from other social platforms and how brands should approach creators. So without further ado, Amy and Dustin, welcome to The Fast Track. Amy, Dustin, so great to have you guys and the, the voice for, for TikTok on this important topic of creators and social commerce. Before we, we kick things off, I'd love to hear from each of you. Uh, a little bit, what, what it is you do at uh, TikTok be beyond the, the job title? Where, what's your function? So if you don't mind spending a minute sharing that with us, maybe starting with Amy. Sure. Thanks, Pierre. Nice to be here. So I'm Amy Okers. I am the vertical director for CPG at TikTok. So what does that really mean? Really responsible for the partnerships with our U.S.-based uh, CPG clients, and that covers your clients that are in the food and beverage space, personal care, home, and beauty. So I'm six months in, loving my time at, at TikTok, uh, and, and Dustin has certainly been one of my main partners in crime, so I'll kick it over to him. Thank you so much, Amy. My name is Dustin Goot. I am the creator solutions lead for the Americas at TikTok. And that means that we connect brands with creators and help them work harmoniously together. All right. Thank you both for this quick intro. And without veering completely off track, Amy, I was uh, snooping into your bio on LinkedIn and noticed that somebody described you there as a digital publishing badass. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering, Dustin, what's, uh, what's Amy's new nickname over at TikTok? Be gentle. Um, I, think, I think badass sums it up. Just, you know, for me, it's just, it's just Amy O. You know, yeah. that, that says it all. Nice. When Amy's working on something, you know that uh, some amazing marketing content's gonna come out the other side. Awesome. Very sweet, Dustin. Awesome. And very, very politically correct, too. Yeah. Though I, I'd love to see Badass in your title. You should, you should work on that. I'll, I'll weave um, it in somewhere. 
I'm really nervous that we're starting with LinkedIn stalking because because mine is like a mile. I don't I haven't pruned it the way that you really should for your career. And so I hope <laughs> we're just moving on with this. All right. I'll, I'll spare you. We'll do everything else offline, Dustin. <laughs> so going straight into the our topic of um, of the day, which is the, the meeting of uh, the creator economy and, and social commerce. You're in a very unique position uh, at TikTok where you have to cater to your creators, to the consumers, and to your brand partners as well. Uh, one of the key, key elements is the competition that there is among uh, platforms uh, for the, the, the creator attention. And it's especially true when it comes to monetization. So what makes TikTok special in this? What makes TikTok stand out? Maybe Dustin, you're, you're well, well suited to answer that. Yeah, of course. For that, I really have to credit people who um, aren't, aren't speaking to you on that podcast. What is really necessary is to be a platform where creators want to be. Um, and that's what TikTok has done an amazing job building again, you know, mostly through our product and engineering teams, our trust and safety teams, our user partnership teams. Um, it's, you know, our mission is to inspire creativity and bring joy. And I think we do a phenomenal job at that. You know, we have specific tools like duets and stitches to allow a really vibrant community where people riff on each other's content and, and create together. We offer, you know, effects and, and all sorts of things to, to unleash creativity and, and our users, you know, put them to unbelievable innovative use. But, you know, I think, I know we're going to be talking about, you know, brands and monetization, but step one is you just have to create an environment to, to build that creator community. And that's not about money. Um, there's tons of platforms that come at TikTok creators every day and throw money at them. But the bottom line is like people have to be in a place that they consider safe, that inspires them to, you know, to express themselves and do their best work. I think that's the key word, right? Is safe. I mean, that's what sticks out for me. And I knew Dustin would 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 end there because I think whether you're a creator or you're just a user who's who's coming on a, to our platform to engage and consume, you, you do feel safe, right? I always say TikTok is a great platform where it's you know come as you are, be who you are, and I think that inherently makes people people feel safe there. Very good. I appreciate uh, your. Both your perspectives on this, and I think when we look at the skyrocketing success of TikTok at the very beginning of the COVID year in uh, in 2020, there's something to be said as well for the positioning as you're laying it out uh, and how it matched the, the brand values and the experience that users would have there. Are you partnering with your influencers to help drive sales this holiday season? With Tracker's new social commerce capabilities, you can select the best influencers to help increase traffic to your e-commerce site, create tracking links and streamline commission payments to influencers, and measure the impact of every campaign and influencer on your KPIs. From awareness to conversion, Tracker provides the intelligence and tools you need to impact each stage of your customer journey. Reach out at tracker.com to learn more. 
let's go into the the partnerships between um, between creators and brands, if you don't mind. One thing that we we observed at Tracker during the the early time in of COVID, so early 2020 and since, is that these partnerships have vastly evolved and almost matured a decade within the span of a year and a half, where it all started with the engagement of creators as uh, su supporting, um, supporting plays around awareness and advocacy, and they have really moved full funnel from the brand side. And there's an expectation today that uh, through the creator partnerships, brand will be able to leverage uh, the, the creators to support their e-commerce, their social commerce efforts that have gone from being a sideshow for many to being center stage today. And my question is how, first of all, have you observed the same thing, uh, this, the trend I'm describing over at TikTok? And if so, how have brands and creators adapted to this, uh, I hate to, to say this, but new normal? I definitely think that we've seen creators being central to marketing success at TikTok. That's not to say that it's the only way to do it, but I think telling believable real stories about real people is, you know, in my opinion, where, where marketing is going in general, I'd like to think TikTok is, is helping to lead that. And TikTok creators are helping to lead that because they're so Brave, which I know is a word Amy uses, and uh, sorry to sorry to steal it initially, but um, in in telling their own stories, and they bring that to to their brand partnership. So it's been really inspiring. We uh, a little over a year ago we put out the tagline "Don't make ads, make TikToks," um, and that doesn't explicitly mention creators, but creators are kind of tacitly in there because you know who makes the best TikToks? It's TikTok creators, of course, and. I feel brands have really embraced it. It can be a scary thing. It's, it's you know, for a lot of brands, a new way of working, but I think they find real rewards in, you know, having their brand be interpreted by a new set of voices, uh, a more diverse set of voices. And the new normal can be a little scary, but but there's a lot of, uh, you know, amazing rewards that, that brands find from uh, from telling these very rich, authentic stories on TikTok through creators. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna follow up. This will be my. This will be our pattern for today, guys. Where Dustin says something brilliant, and I follow up. But I want to expand on that because it's actually part of what we talk about with clients today. Bravery is huge, right? You have to be brave to come on our platform and release control, especially for CPG clients. You know, very traditional clients. Uh, releasing control into the hands of an unknown—that's scary. But the payoff and the reward is like sky's the limit. I'll add to what Dustin was saying that I think there has been a shift. And I do think it really was fast tracked during the pandemic where consumers, users, just the audiences no, wanted, no longer wanted a highly curated experience. They wanted the realness. They wanted to see themselves. So that, that very edited, aspirational, you know, creative or dream, really, I don't think is relative today. And I think, you know, TikTok kind of grounds everybody to show you that they want the realness, they want the messiness. I'll just give you one example. I think, you know, one of our partners, Estee Lauder with Clinique, did a really great job when they talked about acne. 
I mean, one of our my favorite campaigns um, is with Zit Happens. I mean, think about another platform that really is embracing what you truly look like without the makeup on and embracing your natural self, your authentic self. Um, and that, like, again, highly engaged, highly viewed, highly participated with. Yeah, totally agree. And I, if I can build on uh, Amy's brilliance uh, as well, thinking about brands that have uh, sort of embraced the the realness of TikTok, and that I, I agree, audiences are craving, um, you know, even even more now that you yeah. sort of don't have the realness of of your normal human co- connections as much. Dove did a uh, a no digital distortion campaign um, to really be out front with a message of you know beauty needs needs to be real. We need to talk about real issues in beauty and not just hold up these impossible standards and uh, and these air touched you know images in, in our marketing and and to lead that campaign they tapped a creator Jessia who had really gone viral on the platform for this song called I'm Not Pretty and the and the refrain is like I'm not going to attempt to do the singing, but, you know, I'm not pretty, I'm just fun. And it's talking about how she's just, you know, she's just a normal girl and she, you know, she doesn't feel beautiful, but um, she has a belly and a bum, Dustin. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Um, That, that is the end of the refrain. Yes, Um, it is. And the first video is her just uh, singing that chorus actually like in her car. And I, I think she was just kind of workshopping it or something. And, and it just, it struck a nerve and it, and it became super popular. And then I think it was so smart of dub to see this is, this is the way we feel about beauty. You should just embrace who you are um, and you can have a belly and a bum and, uh, and, and still be beautiful and still use our products. And, and so I think using her to headline the, the no digital distortion campaign was um, a great way to lean into that realness of the platform. Great example. And uh very interesting, and I, I I completely agree that the t- TikTok in many ways has nudge uh, be has reached beyond TikTok to to nudge a, a lot of marketers to think differently about production, and even beyond this, to tie this back to authenticity, which is maybe the magic or the key component to success both for creators with the audience and for creators with brands, because the minute something feels inauthentic is when it stops working and feeling like an ad, whether or not it is. I want to go back to my original question though, because you, you, you guys answered like it was brilliant. It was amazing, but it was different from what I asked. So I just want to go back to sort of track back to what we were talking about. The, the specific thing that I was, I'm, I'm really wondering is, when so these partnerships around brand awareness, brand values, etc., they, they've been around. I think TikTok has done an amazing job with uh, the creators to support that trend. The the one thing that we have observed, and we have a, a very skewed vantage point because we work with uh, with brands, not creators. But on the brand side, there's really been a trend during COVID, in part because retail stores, the physical stores, were closed for e-commerce to become center stage, for brands to realize that the affiliate programs they had been relying on for years were not scalable. And so they needed something new. They needed new blood, new ideas to help direct traffic to the e-commerce sites. And that trend included very much the creators uh, becoming front and center. So my, my question to you is, have you seen these partnerships evolve over the past year or so 
in the way brands engage with creators? Are the asks different? Are the partnerships a little different? Do creators feel more inclined to go down this path than others? How has this evolved? Yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but if the story resonates, the commercial goals will take care of themselves. Um, I I was actually... um, you know, we were doing a client workshop the other day that, that uh, that's a, a series that we do with um, with some of our creators. And this one creator had a had a brilliant line, which is Gen Z is is smart. We're digital natives. Uh, obviously, I'm not quoting him directly, but he said, you don't have to give us all the product messaging. If you just get us interested, we'll do the research. You know, it's basically like we know how to Google stuff. <laughs> um, and I just I had never heard someone frame the kind of reframe the goal of the marketer in that way. But it it really is a brilliant insight because you think of how so many marketing campaigns are constructed. It's it's all about the product attributes, the key messaging, the, and then you kind of like, you know, back into some kind of creative concept from there. But if in this information age with, you know, marketing to a a digital native consumer set that they can find your products, they can price compare, they can look up all of the ingredients, they can see where they're sourced, you know, and they're going, and you know, they're going to do all of that. You know, what's most important again is, is telling a real story about the product. Like, what is it, what is it really good at? You know, what is it, you know, what do you want it to make, to make you feel? And that story has to connect with people. And so I, I think, I do think brands are getting better at, you know, what Amy said, you know, letting go and understanding that, you know, a kind of stilted, relentlessly on message, you know, use our tagline approach just is not going to get the results that you want. Um, you have to, you know, you just, you have to make people interested to do all of those other steps to, you know, to shop and learn more. And, and I think the, you know, brands are getting better in their creator partnerships to achieve that. Yeah. And I'll say like, think about, you know, listen, guys, I'm going to date myself here. You can, you can come along for the ride or not. Like back in the day, right. My biggest, you know, outing was to go to the mall with my friends, right. You would go, you'd walk, you'd shop, you eat, you'd, you would just have a great time. I think that whole retail experience, because unfortunately of COVID, because of the pandemic, has been completely diminished, right? It doesn't take away the fact of how consumers still shop. You shop on emotion, right? You shop on, I see it, I want it, I got to have it. Then take that to Gen Z's right now, where it's all about instant gratification, right? This is a consumer segment that is used to having it within two days at most. The beauty of TikTok, right? The realness, the authenticity is that we are really pushing discovery, like for the user where they don't even know they're discovering something or that they wanted to discover something. But like Dustin said, then you put it in a storyline, then you have a narrative, then you have something that entertains them. And now you're giving them all of those great things all at once. So to me, it's because of all of those things is the collapse of the funnel. So Pierre, going back to like, you know, your question, you know, it used to be, yes, here's our brand awareness, here's our consideration. And how do we drive that user down to ultimately purchase? It is all happening right on our platform. 
and you can see it and everyone can look it up. I mean, we were just in the New York Times over the weekend style section on hashtag TikTok made me buy it. I mean, TikTok made me buy it is the perfect example of us collapsing the funny funnel, excuse me, and just the importance of discovery, but authentic discovery. That answer That's your cool. question? M more times than one. Okay. Um, and so if, uh, Amy, if, I, if I'm a CPG or beauty brand coming to you with my hair on fire and saying, yeah. Amy, I, my e-commerce sales are in the slum. I need help. What do I need to do in order to improve my bottom funnel? Your answer is going to be don't bother. Create amazing campaigns with amazing creators and the rest will take care of itself. A show up. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like to joke and I, I really don't mean it to be so funny, but it's a little bit of a dumb moment. You need to participate, show up, be brave, jump in, watch. My favorite thing, too, about TikTok is I say it's like a focus group right in your hand. You literally can watch what is happening with these creators, with their communities, with their sub communities, like what is happening, what's trending. And then as Dustin actually pointed out with the great Dove example, like they were smart enough to watch what was happening, that it was all about inclusivity, body positivity, and they embraced it and they ran with it. And you know what? They had a great payoff. With this TikTok made me buy it phenomenon, it, you know, these are usually products where there's the the forecast is, or the, the demand is impossible to forecast once these these trends really surge and, and they start selling out. And and people are going to, I mean, these are, these are sort of the most difficult um, sort of e-commerce conversion uh, situations that any brand could face. They're out of inventory. It's, you know, it's out of stock everywhere and, you know, people will chase after it. I mean, just to take an example from inside of TikTok and, um, you know, I hope I'm not give, giving too much away here, but the Peter Thomas Roth eye cream phenomenon that, that recently happened where, you know, I again, still can't find the product. Yeah, where one user, um, you know, uh, used the eye cream and just showed um, not even time-lapse just in real time. Just look what's do what it's doing to my skin. Like the actual, the realist like product demonstration that you could possibly give. And, and it caused, you know, so many people to, um, to want to run out and get it, including at TikTok, we had an internal thread, you know, where we'll share different sort of brand mentions that we see on the platform. And people were like, I need this right now. And they were sharing like, Hey, if you go to, you know, my local, you know, Sephora still has a few of them. If you guys want to run out and on our like company chat in real time, people mm -hmm. are sharing like the last, you know, um, the last like retail, caches of this product. Um, everyone was kind of crowdsourcing and solving it for each other. You know, no marketing input from uh, from the brand, no campaign, no, you know, no optimization, no retargeting, it, no anything. It's just um, people connected so much to the to the effect they saw in this TikTok that they were willing to, to do the rest of the work. And so I think, you know, um, yes, in a vacuum, like make your bottom of funnel more efficient than someone else's. But I, I just think that, you know, the power of that emotional connection can trump everything else. And that's, that's where we really guide brands to focus. Well, again, you won't have a bottom of the funnel. You won't have people who are hunting for your product. Again, if there's not wantedness, right? If there's not the desire to hunt after you, and I'm not kidding guys, I still can't find that product. That's an amazing story, guys. Yeah.
amazing story. What what I really like in what you're in what you're sharing, uh, both of you, is that. So th th there's been qu quite a, a bit of news coming from TikTok on the the efforts and partnerships that you're that you're putting forth as it pertains to commerce, and because you're you're part of the infrastructure, and and so how do you connect the Shopify's of the world and TikTok and et cetera, et cetera. But what you're saying is that even outside of the technical side of it, the buzz, the community building, the decision from consumers to purchase is happening even outside of all this. It's happening because the, we built a community that is able and willing to, to share and communicate and gets excited about specific products. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fast Round. Make sure to listen to the second part of this conversation to find out which brands are succeeding on TikTok and what TikTok has in store for the future. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from today. Thanks again, and see you next time.